about that time, about that time, about that time, yeah, about that time. Welcome to the jungle, the Auburn men's basketball podcast. Jabari to Kessler. Auburn men talking. Auburn men's basketball. It has been a brilliant year from start to finish for Auburn. No frills, no gimmicks, just ball. Jabari Smith. Now, here's your host, Matt Donaldson and Jackson Garrett. All right, we just came off a 20-point victory against Alabama State Hornets of Montgomery, Alabama, my hometown, Ben's hometown. We won 82-62. We actually started recording for about five or ten minutes before our computer went out. Uh, everyone live on YouTube has been a great sport about this. We've had quite the technical difficulties tonight, but hey, it's fun. It's Friday night. Uh, I didn't do this in our original. I'm glad uh, we got to re-record because, hey, we won tonight on a Friday night, and I got my Red Mott vodka here, orange and blue with the Charles Barkley statue. So I'm going to take a shot here. Wait, hang on. Are we celebrate. doing obvious shots? Are we I'm, doing I'm obvious gonna shots? Take, I'm going to go straight. This stuff's smooth. So, oh, Ben's got to go get his now. So, you can you kind of hear that on the on the speaker here. We're going to talk MVP, uh, KD, and Jalen. That's something I almost forgot to say. Both went over a thousand points tonight, which was a big deal. Uh, it was kind of cool to have a game like this at a conference that wasn't, you know, didn't have that much anticipation, didn't have that much hype. Uh, we kind of stayed close to the beginning, or ASU stayed close to the beginning, and we pulled away. Otherwise, this game would have been quite the snooze fest. But having KD and Jalen go over that historic marker is a lot of fun. They're one, they're two of five players on our team now. Ben's got his vodka set up ready, even though it was blurry there. Are you ready to do a little War Eagle shot here? It's it's censoring Fuck. it's censoring the Redmond vodka, man. It doesn't want the <laughs> doesn't want the brand to get in there. There it is. There it is. See, it's got oh, the, there it it's is. Got the sweet Charles Barkley logo. Go grab yourself a bottle right now. They're a great gift for the holidays for the Auburn fan in your life. We got Pocket and, Watch uh, in the chat. We got Adolf in the chat. We got Ben C. We got Ryan. Cheers, folks. War Eagle. War Eagle. Oh, man. Is there anything smoother than Redmond Vodka? Maybe Jalen Williams Jumper or uh, Denver Jones at the free throw line. Ooh, Jackson, yes. 20 points for Jalen Williams tonight. Was he the zone breaker we finally needed him to be? Yes. Uh, I mean, that's that's like the best thing that could ever happen to Jalen is when teams go zone. That's when he thrives the most. All his best games, I feel like, are games where they try to go zone. It, it all comes down to the fact that he doesn't ever ask for the ball. He's not aggressive enough, in my opinion. But when zone happens, he knows he's got to be the guy that does it. And he's good at it. He's good at basketball. He should be getting more points and, and playing better than he does. And he shouldn't disappear at times. But when they throw zone, he thrives. And it was a lot of fun to watch. And honestly, it's between him and KD, or maybe maybe Jonai Broom, too. There's like a three-way battle, I think, for MVP. Oh, we'll, we'll talk about it, but it's hard to go away from Jalen right now. When you look at the rest of his stat line, he had three rebounds, one assist, and one steal. You know, pretty pedestrian numbers for, for one of our do-it-all guys. Jalen Williams did not miss inside of 15 feet. All right, he was 7 of 7 from the floor tonight. He was 0 of 3 from 3 to finish 7 of 10. But more importantly, you know, for my favorite stat, Jalen Williams, 6 of 6 from the free throw line. It makes all the, it makes all the difference. You, you don't you know you miss two or three of those, and we're talking about a completely different game. Uh, Joe Nye Broom yeah. had a great game, also just from the stat line. I think he's the stat line winner. But we'll talk about you know part of the fun of this uh, team right now is such a team effort on all these wins. Other than maybe one game where Joe Nye went off for thirty points, everything's been such a team win. It's been hard to figure out who's MVP. 
But the stat line yeah, and- guy tonight was Jonai Broom, 16 points, three blocks, three steals, 13 rebounds. You know we love a block 13. party here. 13 rebounds is insane. 10 of them were defensive rebounds. You want to talk about ending possessions. And again, one of the things we love to talk about on this podcast is when are these guys' points coming? And Janai's points didn't come in the first half when we were trying to put this game away. They were coming at a time when we were struggling offensively, when Alabama State was going on a little bit of a run, and they were trying to look like they might make this game competitive. Janai actually emerged as a scoring threat that we needed him to be tonight. The last guy you could kind of pick from, I think, in the top three in this game was KD, who also went over 1,000 points. He had 13 points, two steals, two rebounds, not quite as impressive as the other guys, but that's on 16 minutes, which is impressive. Uh, I think the biggest thing for him is just enjoying that he got to go over 1,000 points. Uh, hopefully, I don't know if we have another year with him. I think this might be his last year, but he's he's been pretty good off the bench. He's been inconsistent like usual, but I think he's been more giving than taking this year overall, which is a big and deal. we've had... We've had a renaissance at the guard position this year, especially when it comes to our shooting. Our three-point percentage is up nearly 5% over last year's squad. Now, that was over the course of a full year. We'll see how it translates to conference play. But last year, Katie Johnson finished the year leading us with three-point percentage. This year, he was our worst shooting guard from three. Tonight, he was three of five. He hit his first three, so he was doing a little bit of heat check late in the game. He could have finished tonight perfect. And again, four of four from the free throw line. So although it wasn't working for him inside, outside his game was strong. He got to the line. You know, once again, we're seeing him in non-conference do what he does as a former five-star athlete. He scored 13 points, and they didn't really have an answer for him. Before we pick our MVP, before we have our real hard discussion on which one it's going to be, I've been putting on uh, Reddit each post-game thread asking people who their votes are. Uh, International Arm says, Jalen, he has so much energy. It is clear everyone on the team loves him. It was so cool to see everybody embrace him when it all happened. And he got this great moment where he scored his thousand point. And I think maybe the next possession on offense, Trey threw up this great alley-oop to him. And he kind of chose between Broom and Jalen. It was either one. He chose a harder alley-oop, I think, to like celebrate with Jalen. I feel like in the moment. And Jalen one-handed dunked it. And to be fair, Broom also, not long before that, had a reverse uh, alley-oop finish. So it's been fun to watch those. Uh, AU Bear said, got to be Jonai. I know, I know. The stat sheet says it all, though. And I'm like, all right, AU Bear, which is he's a, a Reddit legend. I know we're talking about the bunker in uh in the chat here on YouTube, but in Reddit, AU Bear's a legend. Uh Ribs and Whiskey said, Jalen, and Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. Ribs and Whiskey, thank you. <laughs> Merry Christmas to the Reddit gang. Merry Christmas to and Ribs and Whiskey. Yes. So who's your vote? Uh, you know, as much as I want to give it to Janai, I think on a night where Jalen scores his thousand point, where he plays a complete game sort of like we needed him to. His, his scoring came at at key moments. He dropped another 20-pointer, which we're used to maybe one of those a season from him, but he was key tonight. He did exactly what we needed to do. He showed other teams that if you set up in this zone, we're going to send a six foot eight, 230-pound monster inside of the key, and he's going to make you sweat. I think we got to give it to Jalen Williams. Storman, he's at, Storman's in the chat. Ryan Storm Norman, if you have an MVP vote, you better get it in. Our last chat here, the Canoe Man says it has to be co-MVPs with both Katie and Jalen going over 1,000. He also says, however, if you are choosing one, it's Jalen, and that's how I feel too. And we don't choose if you've listened long enough now. We used to do occasionally a co-MVP. I mean, when Walker Kessler and uh, Jabari Smith are both on your team going off for 20-plus, it's hard to choose. But it's a lot more fun discussion if you have to. And my reason I'm choosing Jalen over Jonai or KD or anybody else on this team 
is because he busted that zone. And I'm always worried after some of our past teams that we're going to pass that ball around the three line and just jack something up. And when we're shooting 25% from three tonight, even at home, if you don't bust that zone, if you don't hit those hard floater twos in the center's face, we're absolutely screwed. And we've kind of grown too used to the fact that Jalen is so good at busting that zone. We played, what, Syracuse a year or two ago? Same thing. Oh, yeah. I think that was in the, in the Bahamas. And Jalen just roasted them. And that's a good zone. That's a famous zone by a famous coach. And Jalen, it's just where Jalen thrives. I think we'll be looking back kind of like we do at KD's uh, ability to just intercept a ball, to steal a ball. I think we'll be looking back at Jalen being like, man, he maybe didn't reach his 10 out of 10 potential, but when he had a zone, he killed it. And we'll have a, we'll have a team in the future that's not good against the zone, and we'll be just crying to wish we had Jalen back against. So that's why I'm naming him MVP. Yeah, I agree. Jalen Williams, uh, you earned it tonight. You were a dog inside. You played a complete game. You got 1,000 points for the year. Katie, no slight to your game. We love you in non-conference, but tonight it's got to be Jalen Williams. I uh, they, they put a stat up there for 1,000 points. Uh, it's really cool to see Jalen and KD go over 1,000. What a great career accomplishment. They had the rest of the guys. Did You you probably didn't see the stat. Do you want to guess the other three guys that are over 1,000? And, and on top of that, do you want to guess who is the most, the, the person that scored the most points in their career on our team right now? Oh, I don't even want to guess. That's active on our roster right it's now? It's active on our roster. Because there's there's so five I know Den- guys, I know- there's five guys over a thousand. Two of oh, those okay. is Katie Johnson and Jalen Williams. So Denver Jones has got to be one. I'm gonna say Janai is another. He's been around the league for a while. And this then, next one's oh, the hard yeah. one. The next you got. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna go ahead and say you got the other. You got four out of the five so far. The last one's tough. You know, you only I, get one I, guess. I, one guess. I'm not giving you any more. If it's gonna be one guess, I feel like it's gotta be. Chad Baker Mazar. He's the only one that's been around long enough. Nah, nah. It is Chaney Johnson. He was Chaney thriving oh, at UAH, right. my man. He's like five years in now. I should have known. He roasted us for 15 when he played us in an exhibition match. Chaney who's, Johnson getting buckets. Who's your guess for most points ever in a career on our team that's leading? Oh, most points ever. I I feel like it's got to be either Denver or Janai. I'm going to go with Janai. You're right. You're right. Jonai has 1600 points, 1614. Ch- uh, Cheney's wow. actually in second with 1240. Denver with 1040. Which did Denver go over a thousand on this team? And I missed it. Uh, Maybe yeah, in the that first was, game. That no, I, I think that was first or second game. Uh, okay. It was super yeah. early on in the year. I think it was against Southeastern Louisiana when he got his thousand point. If you're in the chat or if you have Twitter access or anything like that, it'd be interesting to know if we have anybody else close. I don't know. Oh man, Canoe Man, Canoe Man is roasting me in the chat. He knew it was Cheney Johnson. He averaged 14 <laughs> points a game at UAH. Oh wow. That's so cool. We have five players on there and really cool to see a historic moment. Like I said, it's it's even better that it's a game like this where we didn't have other things to cheer for already. So it was kind of fun to bring an extra oomph to this game. Some other players I want to talk about in this one. You know my guy. I always want to talk about Chad Baker Mazar. He had another great play in this game, a three-point play where he was kind of Going into the basket, he just draws fouls so well. It's something about the lankiness of him that the people overextend on him or something. And he finished through contact, got the three-point play. I would have loved to have him hit a three this game. That's what I'm watching now. I think we've kind of learned he's actually a decent driver and a really good, uh, really good with jump shots. Now I want him to see him consistently hit the open three. That would take this team to another level, and that's part of the issue with this 25% three-point shooting. Another one, let's see where. Would Aiden two of six from three? Okay, 
No other starter hit a three besides Aiden Holloway. Yeah, and Aiden, once again, is had the most important stat of the night. He had four assists. Trey Donaldson also finished with four assists. We didn't assist as well as, as a team as we have been previously, but part of that, I think, is just due to the nature of the game. This game didn't demand a ton from us in terms of our assisting ability. It was a little bit more of an ISO one-on-one. You know, we just had better horses from the start. I think you look at Janiyah and Jalen's numbers specifically. Once we got them into the ball, uh, into the lane tonight, they created their own shot. And so that went a lot of the way towards taking away our assist game. We know we did have some sweet flying tigers tonight. And obviously, uh, Trey and Aiden both finishing with four assists apiece is pretty incredible. Unfortunately, we finished with 18 turnovers. I didn't really pick up on this from listening to the radio broadcast. So how would you grade our ball security in this game? Oh, early in the game was bad. It was just so sloppy at there. I felt like we, you know, I wanted to like, Bruce Springs gets people hyped for these kind of games. And that's big respect for him that we've had such a long streak of out-of-conference games that we haven't lose. But this one, we did feel a little sluggish. I don't know if it was the longer break or the fact that we're playing Alabama State. Uh, I thought maybe the ranking thing, there's like, we're still not ranked somehow. Like we we definitely deserve to be ranked. And it seems like maybe the only good part about, about that is that it keeps us motivated. It didn't seem like that at the start. We just seemed kind of sloppy. We weren't hitting our shots. Uh, it kept ASU in it for the first almost 10 minutes, maybe seven, eight. It was tied up. And it all came down to the fact that we just were constantly turning the ball over. At one point, we had six turnovers. And Bruce was literally letting the team know with six on his hands that we're doing that's six turnover, guys. Come on. Wow. So I don't know if I could diagnose exactly what was going on. I mean, maybe just laziness not bringing the motivation factor but we turned it around eventually most of those turnovers the 18 i guess maybe the first 10 maybe felt like was like in the first 10 minutes and then after that it felt like we really smoothed it out yeah asu beat us in the steel game tonight they finished with 14 steals to our 11 but we did have 14 assists to their only seven so even though our steals weren't uh, as many as theirs were i would wager they were probably a lot more impactful we also completely obliterated them on the glass I kind of had a feeling that was the way it was going to go. It was trending to be a guard-heavy game. We finished with 41 rebounds to their 27, um, but we did tie them in turnovers. Both teams turned the ball over 18 times. So I guess what it came down to was points off of turnovers, which, again, is an exciting thing to see this team carry through, that even when you're playing against this lesser competition and maybe not playing up to your ability, your defensive effort is still there, even if your offensive touch is not as good. Who do we usually use for our box score? Justin Ferguson or... Okuson yeah, Ferg is or, where Matt oh, usually is. pulls it yeah. from. I'm just looking on ESPN right now. There you go. Um, got I've that. got a minute breakdown if we want to get into that a little bit. Yeah, um, I guess we didn't weren't recording when we talked about that. Or it was li- now I'm all confused about what we've recorded and what was live and all that. Make sure you show oh, up for the live because we had a lot of fun before Ben got here. And then now that Ben got here, everything sucks. So <laughs> <laughs> No, it's not that. We had, we had some technical difficulties where we missed the beginning. I was vamping for a little bit when I thought we'd still be live. Um, Jackson. This is our 50th non-conference win in Neville Arena in a row. That's it. I don't know if it's because of the end of the row. Or not. They celebrated 50 a game or two ago. And then I heard some people say 49, I guess. I don't know if it, like, we got the stats wrong or if ESPN got it wrong. or I think what... the, I think there may be some confusion out there because the official Auburn site post uh, or pre-USC had us at 48. AuburnTigers.com had us listed at 48 straight non-conference home wins prior to the USC game. Somebody so somebody got it 50. wrong before because I swear we celebrated on the pod a 50 for USC or a game before that even. And then maybe that was – maybe there's something – maybe they were just talking about at a conference. No, I don't know. Not Maybe non-away games or something. I have no idea why 
they if celebrate you're in, before, if but... you're in the chat and you can figure out where on earth that number came from um we do have canoe man reminding us that bp was not happy in the radio interview afterwards i can understand why again we were a 30 point favorite we only won by 20 um it's it's rough Ben C says that was 50 total somewhere at B and E. Oh, okay. Beard Eves. Hold on. I got my Beard Eves hat I got to put on. 50 total. Because we lost our first few in Neville. So I'm not sure where that info is coming from. I've got quite the, I got the Beard Eves hat here. I found in some old thing in my house. The final season 2010 hat here. We want that throwback game. We do. We want that throwback game bad. Hey, speaking of, uh, Ben C wants to know in the chat here, uh, we pass great, but who do you see that is able to drive downhill and finish Jackson? We've been talking about Denver Jones's game all season long, and tonight I feel like we actually saw him get to the hole and draw the, draw some contact and finish in the lane. Is that just due to an undersized ASU team? But before you were on, we were talking. I was talking about how frustrated I am that he can't drive the ball. I don't. The way this team is set up, it's not entirely necessary which is great we have if you look at our starting lineup if you had if you did chris Moore out, put cbm in if you got broom Jalen, cbm Denver jones and aiden you don't really have to have him be the ball hawk you don't have to have him be the dominant man and he's definitely not acting like one right now he's hitting open threes which is great he could be our sharpshooter but that's not what i expected when he got recruited in i thought he was going to be hunting for a shot i thought he'd be driving he got one through contact tonight and finished with an and one i believe but in general He's having a really hard time finishing. He's getting tracked down from behind and getting blocked a lot. He's going up really soft. And this was ASU. This is Alabama State. We worried about the talent jump from FIU to the SEC. He hasn't played any of the big time talent from SEC. I know we've played some like some P5 teams, some major mid, you know, P6, whatever you want to call it in college basketball. But they're not been the athletes that he's going to see in the SEC. So I was kind of hoping he would figure it out by now how to finish. And he's not. And I am worried about that. If I had to guess who could finish, uh, CBM could still develop that, but he's a little he's a little skinny. Jalen should be a guy that can finish, uh, but you know the four and five positions are not a guy that's going to start at the three point line and drive all the way in. So you're right, we don't really have a great uh, driver or uh, cutter on this team. Well, and you know we didn't see it as much the last couple of nights, but we definitely saw it on Wednesday night. A lot of unranked teams beating ranked teams, a lot of lower ranked teams beating upper rate teams. With the addition of the transfer portal, the college basketball landscape has completely changed. Teams' ability to get better from one season to another is almost unheard of in college basketball. So once again, you have to make sure that you're not taking any of these games for granted because a team like ASU can go and grab somebody who's an amazing talent, who's riding the pine for one of these bigger schools, and who suddenly comes down and absolutely erupts for them. Um, they've got a couple of guards that are are freshmen that are pretty talented, but they've also got a lot of older players on this team. So I'm not surprised that we didn't cover, but I am a little bit disappointed, mostly because I want to see this team carry over consistent offense from week to week. I feel like we've really carried over consistent defense from week to week, but it seems like every other week we kind of lay an offensive egg. I wanted to look at some of these stats over here. Uh, second chance points, I believe, was interesting. 15 to 4 there. Bench points, that's another stat we've been watching over and over again. It's easy against ASU, but it's always fun to point it out. 31 points to their 20. Points in the paint, 36 to their 22. Fast break points, that might be the biggest one, 20 to their 11. So, I mean, it's just a domination overall. So, like, a lot of these don't necessarily stick out. Surprisingly, only five blocks. I believe uh, Jonai had three or four of them. So, I'm surprised to see it's that low. Yeah, Jonai finished with three. 
assists are, are great again. We Everyone's following assists right now with this team because everybody's playing so well with great chemistry. 14 assists to their seven. So good to see our numbers are up there again. Uh, Ryan said to our Denver Jones uh, discussion, that's not his game. He didn't do that at FIU either. He is still trying to find his spot on the court. It will come. I, I mean, as soon as this started happening, everyone started talking like that. That wasn't what his game was. But what? And maybe I'm just ignorant to how good he was at FIU or what his game was. But I swore I heard that he he was all over the court scoring. I knew he was primarily a sharpshooter, but I, everything I heard about him was he was going to be scoring at all facets of the game. And then now that he's not, I'm hearing, oh, he wasn't doing that anyway. So I don't, uh, I'm we, sure that's correct. But we really brought him in to be a classic catch and shoot two guard. Um, he has that game. He has that slash and drive game. But uh, if you go back and look at some of his time at FAU, a lot of that was late in the game when the game was already decided. And he knew that folks were having to come further out to defend him at the line. But we do have Storm and Norman adding in the chat the correct take that Katie Johnson is our best downhill player. I think we saw that again tonight. Katie Johnson was either shooting from three or driving in the lane and getting fouled. But we have one other contribution here from uh, Adolph Maddie. Alan Flanagan was that guy, and I feel like he's been doing that a lot for Ole Miss. Now that there's not charges anymore, he's playing great, <laughs> which we saw uh, Denver <laughs> Jones get called a foul today where he tried to do the classic last year and before charge where you just kind of step in front of the guy, put your hands over yourself, and then you're going to get hit. He got called a foul because this doesn't exist anymore as it used to be. We, got, we did draw one charge now, but nothing near the paint is going to get called as a charge these days. And Alan Flanagan, that was his biggest thing. He could not seem to drive without collecting a charge or having to pull up because he was going to collect one if he just kept going. So now that's gone, I'm sure he's doing great over there. He's also a guy where he can be the man and shoot a lot more. I'd love to see his stats. Uh, you know, I'm not going to be an Alan Flanagan hater. I think what's going to happen is he's going to score a ton of on us in at the old miss game in oxford and then we're gonna hate him for doing that so we'll see how his reception is when he gets back to auburn i mean i was i was a big alan flanagan stand so if anything i just feel a little burnt by the fact that it didn't work out and the fact that he kind of they're they're kind of seeming to be an issue at the end where he wanted to be the guy and we couldn't give him let him be the guy because he couldn't he couldn't be the guy you know well, I think you're right in that uh, he's definitely benefiting from the new rules. His game was always to be aggressive and bang inside. He's leading Ole Miss in rebounds right now, which is crazy to think from a guy that's only six foot. Uh, wait, is he six six or is he six four? No idea. Now that, he, six, now six, that he's up the roster, I can't even remember. But um, either way, it, Flanagan from from what is kind of a combo guard position, leading his team in rebounds, says a lot about him as a player. But I think it says more about Ole Miss as a team. Thankfully, we do get Ole Miss coming to Neville first. They're currently oh, they do good, good. Yeah, so we're gonna get them in Neville first, which I think is gonna make a big difference. But Jackson, before we go away from the final team stats, I do have to point out: twenty-six of thirty-two from the free throw line, eighty-one percent. I knew you'd love money, that. baby. We, free money. We went twenty-five percent from three, but eighty-one percent from free throw. So you you know that's that's a bin that's a bin game right there. I'm frustrated that we went twenty-five percent from three. I don't. Do you know what our year? Average right now is from three percentage. It's really got to fall off. I was kind of hoping we were I, turning the corner after a little, uh, you know, lull there of a game or two that that brought down our percentage. We need to be shooting at least thirty three percent for this team to have a chance. Well, I, believe. I got I got great news for you, Jackson. Even with tonight's abysmal performance from three, we're currently averaging for the season thirty three percent exactly. All right, that's that's all I need. Just stay right there. But we are on the borderline. It'd be nice to be shooting more, but you know, okay, compared to last year, I, I, did we end up getting to thirty? At no, we were at 31 and a half. We were at 31 and a half percent from three from at last year at the end of the year. Yeah. At the end. Wow. Of the year. Wow. It felt and like we were shooting 10% be... all year. 
Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where that comes in conference play. But part of that reason is like, you look at Wendell Green Jr. finished last year under 30%. He was 29.5%. Katie Johnson finished the year 33%. But you remember he started just completely terribly um, as a free throw or as a three point shooter. He finished the year hitting some big shots for us. But Zeb Jasper, our, our starting two guard, 28.4%. Johan Treor, who took way more threes than he should have from that four position playing backup to Jalen, was at 19%. Uh, it was just bad across the board. We didn't have a guy that we knew could hit consistently. KD hit our biggest shots at the end of last year. And right now, KD is our worst three-point shooter at the guard position, which did says hear, a lot about this team. Did I hear Johan had a good game uh, in the last couple of days on our chat? Yeah, Johan dropped 20 points for, uh, I think, 24 total for UC Santa Barbara. So he, he had a little bit of an injury in the offseason, but he seems like he's finally putting it together. Good for him. He's one of the rare guys. Well, not really rare even. I think Cambridge is even still around at Texas Tech maybe now, or maybe he's gone. But maybe Johan could boomerang one day. Maybe he can figure it out in a year or two from now, come back. So we always got to cheer for the guys that go other places. We saw how Walker Kessler, we all thought Walker Kessler was going to sign with Auburn. He's, you know, he came, he loved it and all that. Got family over in Link Martin. He leaves for UNC last second out of nowhere. Everybody's so frustrated. And he comes boomerangs back the second year. So you just got to keep those relationships going now in the transfer portal. Yeah, listen, man, the great thing about uh, college basketball is ball don't lie. If you can play, you can play. And if you can play, Bruce Pearl is going to find you. You want to look at uh, our future schedule here? I think we have two more out of conference. Yeah, we got two more out of conference coming up. Our first one is going to be on the eve of New Year's Eve, Saturday night, a 9 p.m. tip on the East Coast. So once again, brutal for me and Jackson. It's going to be against Chattanooga, who just lost a heartbreaker in overtime. They're currently sitting at 8-4 and four overall. I'm going to try to pull up some of their stats here. Um they're another team that's playing their starters a ton of minutes. They got a couple of guys playing 25 minutes plus. They're currently averaging 79 points a game, almost 80. So they're doing pretty good on the offensive side, but I think it's their defense that's really struggling. Uh, they're only averaging 14 assists and under 40 rebounds, which is usually the sign of a team that's struggling a little bit defensively. And then coming up in the new year, we've got Ivy League alma mater of ex-president Donald J. Trump, the University of Pennsylvania coming to town jackson's real scared about this team he uh, they they're leading i believe i right now pulled up that we are 19th in the nation at blocks per game you know i like to keep track of that because we've had some fun with that the last couple of years but i believe pin is leading maybe in three points per game maybe three point percentage let's let's check it out they're shooting over 40 percent per game they have three guards yeah that are they're shooting better than 45 percent they're eighth in the country at three-point percentage right now, 40%. I don't know who they've played. I believe they beat Villanova this year, right? They did, yeah. Three-pointers was an overtime, game. but I'm going to give you some good news. Their, their main guy, Clark Sadgert, he's a, he's a senior. He's six foot one, 170 from Los Angeles, California. He is six foot one, and he's playing 35, nearly 36 minutes a game. And, you know, you may love his game, but I'm going to tell you right now, 35 minutes of going at Katie Johnson and Trey Donaldson. He's not going to love his game. We just can't come out as sloppy as we did against Alabama state or, or against anybody like that again and have a great chance. I mean, it was a devil arena against a way less talented team. So I'm sure B or, uh, Bruce will be all over them to come out a little stronger. And they usually do. So I think we'll, uh, we'll see for, especially for Penn, we'll have a little more motivation and then we'll have our first yeah, game in the that. SEC, right? Arkansas in Fayetteville. That's right. Yeah. Only our gonna, second away game all year. Yeah, our, our second true road game is going to be in Fayetteville against what is currently a struggling Arkansas team. 
Uh, they very nearly lost to Abilene Christian the other night. They were trailing at the half. Um, they've been beaten by a ranked Oklahoma team, and they've lost to quite a few good teams overall. Um, but they did lose a head-scratcher to UNC Greensboro, one of those perennial uh, non-group of five teams that makes the tournament by winning classic, the conference. Classic muscleman, early season woes. So we just got to hope that they can do their early season woes while we're still there. I, I love that we play them early, at least from this muscleman perspective. And uh, yeah. maybe I'm hoping that this is the year where we stop hearing about muscleman because their early season woes turn into late season woes also. We don't have to hear about them anymore. Yeah, if we can cross our fingers, that'll happen. But don't forget, we're going to have an SEC preview for you. Um, prior to the SEC season getting started, we're going to recap the whole non-conference. We're going to talk about how our uh, preseason expectations lined up. I think Ben had some bad predictions in here, particularly about that App State game that we'll get back into, and we'll be uh, sort of predicting what we think is going to happen in the conference race. Storman says they, the Arkansas almost lost to Lipscomb. Uh, COC stand up. <laughs> Everybody on this podcast grew up Church of Christ, including three of us that all went to high school together. And then Matt it's, also it's, is Church of Christ. It's a three, three, four chat all day, every day on the Jungle Podcast. True, true. Well, uh, I see. I pulled this up also before we head out. Uh, assist per game. Everyone's watching assist the way that I, I follow blocks in the last couple of years. We are a top 10 team in assist per game, which is really nice. It's cool to see the chemistry out there. They're having fun. In fact, Ben, like I, I think I texted you guys as like when all the alley oops were happening. Like, are we having fun? Because that's all I wanted after this season. Last season was so frustrating, even though it was a solid season, and I think it saved a lot of record book stuff. And it's good to just stay solid for recruiting reasons and everything. But this year, we're actually having fun. I mean, look, if you think about last year's team, we knew we were losing some key pieces, so it was going to be about how much can we maintain what we did last year. You know, we were a, an SEC championship team. We had a couple of huge NBA prospects. And last year was just about holding the line. Bruce wanted to stick with his guys. Well, this year we went out and got some new names. We got some flashy freshman blood in there. We get some great guys in the transfer portal. And man, we whipped the dog crap out of Indiana on the road and USC at home. You asked me which two non-conference games I wanted to win the most. It was those two. Oh, yeah. We're looking yeah. We're looking well, like and you, right and you now, saw it. They ESPN did exactly what I thought they were going to do with Bronny James. They made that game so much bigger than it should have been because USC is not good this year right now. They're just not a good team. They have a lot of talent, like we talked about in the podcast for tons of talent. And man, the ESPN people were talking about Yahoo was posted about CBS posted about people on podcasts were posted about. So I knew it was going to give us a spotlight to look great as a fan base and to look good as a team. And we blew the mess out of them and made them look silly out there. It took until what 80% through the game for the ESPN people to finally start talking about us and how we are actually good, but Hey, we got them there. Oh yeah. And if you remember last year, the first game that we thought, all right, this looks like a tournament basketball team was that home game against Arkansas all through the non-conference. We struggled when we shouldn't have, we did some inexplicable things that were amazing that we couldn't repeat. We had guys go off and not miss a shot. And we were suddenly like, Oh man, this team's amazing. And then they would go on and just completely struggle the next game, shoot 11% from three We've seen this team absolutely beat the brakes off of some quality opponents. Indiana, they're not at their historic best, but they're a good team. USC, they're not a historically strong program, but they have a ton of talent, and we strangled the life out of them. So this, this basketball team has the opportunity to be really good. Did we see that Notre Dame lost to Citadel? Did that happen? Did I dream that? Yeah. No, we, it th happened. This is, this is the weird part about this schedule, because I've been begging for us to play – 
more power six teams or where major teams, whatever you want to call it. Cause I believe the talent level is, is closer. I know you can play these smaller teams that make the tournament and it looks better for our metrics, but I want to see us go against a gauntlet of people that are going to be similarly sized to the people we're playing in the sec. Hopefully a similar speed, even if the team itself is not great, it's still nice to see. I feel like you can learn more from those games, but man, when Notre Dame is losing to Citadel, my, my, theories getting tested here so now we've had like i guess i think people were saying earlier that virginia tech game at home which we're almost forgetting about honestly was maybe our best win so far this year metric wise yeah metric wise maybe but you got to look at a couple of other things here notre dame has lost a lot of games but they've also lost some quality games they lost to miami on the road and they also lost to marquette on the road neither of those teams scored as many points against notre dame as we did Ryan says, would you rather have our schedule or Bama schedule and get smoked and lose confidence? It's tough. Like, There's definitely a fine line. I think I'd rather have Bama schedule. I know that I've argued in the past that our 2019-20 team that had basically what Ole Miss is doing right now gained a lot of confidence and would not have ended that season as well as they did if they didn't get to start with that confidence of going undefeated until SEC play. But I, at this point where our team is with the talent, I'd rather take our shots. I'd rather go at, like, I know Bama screwed it up and he get any wins, but I'd rather take our shots and, and consistently have that opportunity. Well, you've got to remember, that's why teams want to schedule Bama. You get all the cachet of beating Auburn without the risk of Auburn beating you. I think it's safe to say, even though Alabama has won the SEC several times in the Bruce Pearl era, I think overall we're a better, more dangerous basketball program than they have been consistently. And I think that's why teams don't want to play us. I think... If somebody sees a win over Alabama on the schedule because of their value in other sports and because their value is the national brand, pollsters are going to look at that differently than they would look at a win over Auburn. Whereas if you lose to Auburn, you can make Auburn's year and you really improve their metrics. And I just, I think that's what it's going to come down to. I think we need a few more years of success under Bruce before teams see the value in playing us that regularly. Uh, Ryan says, no way. He definitely disagrees with me. He also thinks I'm talking about 2017, 18 season. I'm talking about the, uh, season with Austin Wiley and Isaac Okora where we started undefeated and we had the land where we were fighting San Diego State, which I just feel so bad for San Diego State. Thank God they finally made the Final Four and had their great year. Could you imagine being a senior at San Diego State and you follow the basketball team and you're undefeated all year long? You were having your, you're just, any, and then COVID happens. Like we think everybody's life got affected by COVID. There's some people that got really roasted by COVID and San Diego State fans are one of them. So I, yeah, you know, we talk about that season, but they have got to have that in their mind all times. So I think they put a banner up for that, didn't they? I would. I mean, Perfect I would, season. Yeah, sure. yeah and the, the problem is national media doesn't talk about it the right way. They should be talking about how, yeah, San Diego State's a, a great up-and-coming program. They went undefeated in that year, and they're Final Four another year. So I just feel like they're not getting the respect they probably deserve. Yeah. But you know who is getting the respect they deserve, finally? The Auburn Tigers. Even if the pollsters don't know it, the metrics know it, the net knows it, Ken Palm knows it. This is a good basketball team. A uh, little teaser for our SEC preview. We're going to try to have on a former player to come talk to us about it. We've uh, go back and listen to our Cliff Ellis uh, podcast. That was really cool, honoring the 25th anniversary of the 98-99 number one seed SEC champion. We'd still love to see that team honored on the court. We'd still love to see the throwback jerseys with the tiger stripes. We'd still love to see the uh, the throwback game in Beardies. We'll take any of them. We'll take any of those three people. If you have a connection out there, we talk to people, but I, I'm not getting the vibe that there's a plan for any of this right now. Another little teaser for it. I threw this out in the chat, and we'll just briefly, I'm just going to bring it up. We're not going to argue about it right now, but the Wendell Green effect here. Wendell Green's off the team. 
would it have been better if he's on the team right now or off the team? And I think people in the podcast have strong opinions on would it be better or worse if Wendell Green was on this team right now. I think no matter what you would say, it's a different team without Wendell Green here. Oh, it's this different. I'm having a good time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ben. Is Wendell, there anything? Wendell, else? we love you. We want you to come on the podcast when your professional career is finally over. We're ready I guess for I couldn't remember if we did this on recording or not. Did we did I shout out the Reddit the Reddit people on recording? Um, I feel like we came back out, but let's shout them out again. It can't hurt. Yeah. So I'll, I'll hold on here. Pull them up here just in case you missed it. Because they had their MVP votes, and I'm gonna put a little comment in our post games on Reddit each time to get our MVPs. International Arms said Jalen, he has so much energy. It's very clear everyone on the team loves him. Uh, AU Bear Legend on Reddit said, got to be Joe Nye. I know, I know the stat sheet said it all, though. Uh, we went with somebody else. Sorry, AU Bear. I just, you know, that thousand points and that zone busting. Ribs and Whiskey said, Jalen and Merry Christmas. You feel the animals. Merry Christmas to the Reddit gang. Merry Christmas yeah, to Ribs and Whiskey. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas to everybody in the YouTube chat. Merry Christmas to all our listeners over the years here. Uh, do us a favor. Do us a Christmas favor here, like you're Santa Claus. Go into the whatever way you do this. Subscribe on YouTube. Go go review it on your podcast app or on Spotify. Give us a like. Whatever all this stuff is, uh, you know we've had a lot of fun. We don't usually care about all that stuff, but you know it's nice to have a growing audience. It's nice to have people around to talk to. So thanks for coming and listening, guys. Yeah, and we know there's not a lot of Auburn basketball content out there. So if you know somebody that enjoys Auburn basketball. It, that's trying to learn more about it or wants to learn more about the history, turn them on to our interviews, man. We've talked to a bunch of people from the Auburn program over the year, and everybody says the same thing. We're looking to build our history and build our identity. And there's no better way to do that than with the Jungle Podcast. All right, War Eagle, guys. <laughs>